Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we hit the bowl season wish list. What's on the criteria sheet? Is it the location, Shreveport in December, anyone? Or the opponent, Power 5 or Bust? Or the prestige of a Pop-Tart, Cheez-It, or Serve Pro? Also, close but no trident for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders, but plenty to build on, leaving the Bahamas. That and more next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On College. For 20 bucks off your first purchase with the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, kicking off a brand new week, like with totally new possibilities, where the past shouldn't impact us at all. You know, this seems almost like a fresh start. We've got a lot to get to today. We will hit the hardwood today, as it was an interesting basketball weekend for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders, as they did battle for Atlantis. Didn't bring home the Trident, but maybe brought home some encouraging things uh, to consider. And we'll talk about some of those reliables emerging for the Red Raiders. But of course, we also still have football to consider as bowl game projections are coming in fast and furiously. And Chris, I don't know, you know, this early on before we've even gotten to a conference championship game weekend, I don't know how much stock to put into these just yet. I know as we sit here and talk about, say, the Big 12 Conference, I think you got eight tie-ins and maybe nine bowl-eligible teams. So there's always some funky math when we get to this point in the year. But how much do you really think, like, when you see some of these projections come across, you know, how much is still fluid? How much is close to cemented? How much should we buy into some of this stuff? Or, or what's still kind of out there left to be determined with Conference Championship Week and some other slots to be filled? Yeah, <clears throat> the bowl game thing is uh, is is tricky uh, because you know there's politics involved. There's there's TV, um, you, you know, folks involved. Uh, p- people can suggest to you that there's not these things involved, but this is the reality of it. And again, it's business. I mean, it's it, nobody should get mad at it. Um, and it's and and I think when when bowls, you know, there, there's a bit of a pecking order. Uh, the, the league can kind of get involved. I know the SEC does this. They kind of put all their teams in this jumble deal, and they try to decide what are the best matchups, and they, they will keep certain teams out of certain matchups because that's what uh, those schools prefer. In other words, they're not going to put Texas and Texas A&M years ago in a bowl game, even though that's what everybody would want. I think the SEC would say, no, we're not We're not going to do that. Um, but – so what what you what you have here is that I think uh, you mentioned that you have uh, all these tie-ins and you have uh, one more eligible uh, team in the league because Central Florida won over the weekend and beat uh, Houston. So as 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 bowls, you know, because the Sugar Bowl and then it, it's uh, I think it's like Alamo and then you know and, and on down it goes. I mean Orlando and Houston kind of factor at the top, and then you kind of start working your way down to, you know, Phoenix is in there, Memphis is in there, uh, obviously Fort Worth is in there, um, Shreveport is in there, uh, potentially Dallas. Although I think that the the first responder armed forces are kind of 
unless I'm just misunderstanding it, I think only one Big 12 team is going to go to one of those games. I think it's always going to be the armed forces in, in most years. But And then you've got – I saw a projection yesterday that has you going to Montgomery, Alabama – uh, in the Camilla Bowl, okay? And so that's when, you know, bowls kind of can make a, hey, we'll, we'll make a trade, make a swap. Uh, we don't, you know, our conference doesn't have enough teams to fill it. You have extra. What do you think? Who you want to send us? I mean, there's all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I, you know, and, and like, Callan, you, I think we remember this, but last year, guess what? You beat the University of Oklahoma. They went to the higher-ranked bowl game than you did, according to the pecking order. Yep. Uh, there in Orlando, the Cheez-It Bowl. Cause be, and it's because, what do you think the ESPN folks wanted? Oklahoma and Florida State? Pretty good to me. They, they took it. And it didn't matter, you know. So, if, if, if there's a matchup or a pecking order that puts Texas Tech in a situation to where – you can keep them in the Metroplex or you can, you know, whatever that would benefit the the crowd or the TV ratings, all things are on. And the last thing I'll say, if you want to move up in the pecking order, Texas has to go to the playoff, but you may be willing to just say, you know what? I'll take my chances. I can't <laughs> stomach that. I'm out, but that's the reality of it. If they go to the playoff, everybody, Everybody would move up a notch in, in the kind of bowl game or or whatever uh, that you would go to. And so, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll okay. leave that there. There's a little hot bowl of cold chili to digest uh, this <laughs> Monday morning. Um, you know, every fan's probably got their own kind of methodology as to how they would like to uh, approach bowl season or wh- where they want their team to be. And I guess after a certain point for me, Chris, it's like uh, – Pecking order, schmecking order. I don't give a crap that you didn't make it to the vaunted Cheez-It Bowl necessarily, but it's more so based in opponent, I think, intrigue. Like, I want a Power 5 matchup. South Florida, see? I mean, I just almost called Southern Florida. That's not a thing. South Florida, who beat you in a bowl game, by the way, once upon a time. It's sad, but we do have a vendetta against the Bulls, I guess, in bowl season, but not doing a whole lot for me. And so I, the destination... Or the prestige, quote unquote, of the Pop Tart or Cheez It Bowl, or <laughs> who gives a damn bowl, um, is pretty much lost on me. I guess I, it's it's all about opponent because Chris, I think you could have gone to the same bowl last year and you face a non-SEC or non-Power Five, and I know that tie-in doesn't work that way, but just hypothetically, and you're not you know pumping yourself up so much on uh, what your finale was, but you beat an SEC program, you beat Ole Miss, someone who had a successful year, and you felt pretty good about that. So I don't know. Fans can agree or disagree, and would love to hear from you in the YouTube comments as to how you feel about the pecking order, but I really don't get caught up into that all that much. To me, it's about entertainment and some yeah. of what you can add to your offseason as far as the resume and what you can build on. And I don't know, am I right or wrong? I kind of feel like that ties in more to the opponent almost than anything, including the location or bowl name. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, because I've seen Troy, uh, you know, I think yep. the, the, you know, Air Force, um, I, at this, I've seen Cal, okay, to, to answer your, your, your Power Five uh, deal. Um, I, I think based on where you're at, um, I'm going to be semi-surprised if you get a Power 5 opponent at this point. But yeah, it's like I, long I, odds. Yeah, but I just don't know. Um, 
it, it, it's just uh, you know, because like I said, there, there's there's different reasons for why matchups get put together and all those things. But I, I'll just say this: I, I think Texas Tech, like the 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 institution, would love to avoid playing on the 16th if they can, especially because I think the only option there is is the one in Shreveport. It has nothing to do with against the Independence or Shreveport or anything. But it's because your basketball team plays in Fort Worth on the same night. And typically, institutions or athletic departments try to do everything they can to avoid their, their you know, programs playing at the same time because it, it hurts both viewing audiences, it hurts both crowds, it hurts everything. It, like you, you, it's cannibalization. So I don't know if you can have some say so there at all. They're not going to change the kick time or the tip time there, I don't think. But that is something that I think worth noting there that if you could end up being uh, playing on anything other than December the 16th, I think yeah. you would probably prefer it. But if this is what they pick, then this is what you're going to go do. Um, and then you'll you'll just kind of have to figure it out because I think they would love for fans to be able to attend both and you simply would not be able to. Uh, if you get picked uh, for the Independence Bowl. And just something else to add to this before we move on uh, to hoops. I think it was late last night I saw from a Los Angeles Times reporter a suggestion that UCLA actually could be headed to Independence instead of Cal. Cal could be going to the LA Bowl, whatever that is, something they play at SoFi, I believe. I don't know how these mechanisms work, but there was a lot of steam behind actually the Bruins uh, heading out to the Independence, and UCLA possibly could be an opponent there for Texas Tech. Give me Power 5 anything all day and day. And if it's the Cal Golden Bears suit, Aaron Rodgers crippled behind up. I'd love to have another <laughs> crack at that guy as well. Maybe Marshawn Lynch too. But, uh, yeah, I'm P5 or bust as far as the opponent. Let us know how you feel, what you really want to see come together for Texas Tech in the YouTube comments. All right, Chris, let's get to uh, Grant McCaslin and company's trip to paradise, which I feel like they just rubbed in our faces far too much. Uh, I didn't get any uh, pictures of Jeff Haxton on the beach, suntanning or anything like that, but I felt like the paradise talk, a little much for us stuck back here in the 806. Anyway, some encouraging things leaving your trip to the battle for Atlantis. You get off to a rocky start. You compete pretty well and show some fight with Villanova, the eventual tournament champion, but you lose that game. And then you get into a rock fight with Northern Iowa that was just kind of a wild one to behold, but you gutted out and courtesy of a Pop Isaacs game winner, you win the game. And then I don't know what I anticipated necessarily. I think I had some thoughts about us obviously winning the game against Michigan, but boy, how do you control it uh, from tip to finish and you kind of make the Wolverines look bad in doing so. So you come back to the LBK with some encouraging signs. What was it? That was sort of your big picture takeaway or things that you're going to be thinking about leading into the next ball game uh, after you go two and one on the weekend. First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events. And with Game Time, you won't because it's always a breeze using the Game Time app where you're going to find killer last minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it begins, which means game time is the place to find last minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the game time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time by downloading the game time app, creating an account, and then use our code locked on college for 20 bucks 
off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. Locked On College for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code Locked On College for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today for last-minute tickets at the lowest price. Guaranteed. What was it that was sort of your big picture takeaway or things that you're going to be thinking about leading into the next ball game uh, after you go two and one on the weekend? Well, the, the, your, your only loss was to the eventual uh, battle for Atlantis champ in the Villanova. I think that's a, that's a positive. Uh, I, I think I saw that the Villanova has won that tournament three times. They, they seem to be, right? <laughs> they seem to be pretty good at the round ball. Um, yeah, they, they, uh, um, but, but they, yeah, they ended up uh, beating, I think Memphis uh, for, for the championship and, uh, so I, I was a bit concerned, I'm sure like most, when you're down most of that game versus Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa does not have a good record. You're thinking you can't drop to 0-2 in this deal. It's going to be, a, uh, I guess, perceived as a bad loss if you drop it. And then you go on this, I don't know, was it like a 23-2? to Or uh, I, I think it was, it was some big run uh, is what it ended up with. I think it finished ultimately as like a 14 to one run uh, to win it with pop uh, off the glass. And it's like, you found something uh, it, 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 you grinded and grinded, but then you kind of found something that clicked. Uh, and I, I think what, what clicked was, and it carried over into the next game is that you quit turning the ball over. You know, I think you had 17 oh. turnovers in those two games combined. So about eight to nine-ish um, right there, eight and a half a game in those final two. And it's amazing how much easier the sport is whenever you, <laughs> you, you know. And, and Grant, I think, is going to live with some of these turnovers just because he wants his team to run. I think it, it it's a struggle to score at times in the half court for this team. And I think he wants them to get up and down uh, a bit and take some chances and try to score in transition. And with that, Sometimes you get too sped up, you, you, you try to thread a needle on a pass and it, it doesn't work. But that was the one thing that I, if you can continue and build off of that. The other thing was, is Devin Cambridge really started to be a bit more selfish and hunt his shot a bit more and like try to be more, uh, you know, of a factor on offense. Because he he's like Darian Williams, in my opinion. They are both, I, I don't, I, I guess the word would be unselfish. They just kind of help and do a variety of different things. But at some points, those guys are going to have to be more selfish and score uh, because Pop can only do so much. Joe's giving you everything he's got. You know, Warren Washington is not, you know, really he, – he's kind of similar. He's so worried about the, the rebounds and, and, and doing a good job protecting the rim and all that. But I think you need Cambridge and you need Darian Williams and you need Chance McMillan to continue to score – uh, but I thought Devin Cambridge kind of was the best game he'd had against Michigan. But it, it was so weird, too, because Namari Burnett, do we remember him? You're, you're McDonald's All-American. It's like this is this sums up college athletics these days. He is two schools removed because he spent a lot of time at Alabama, and they, they had some serious runs under Nate Oates and all that. Now he's at Michigan, and he's looking at this Texas Tech team, which he started out with, there are two head coaches removed from when he was there. There's not one player, coach, anybody uh, that's over there at all uh, that that is was ever. I guess the trainer, Mike Neal. Okay, okay and, Mike's and, the carryover. Yeah, Mike Mike Neal, the, the text trainer, does a phenomenal job. But I mean, that's it, it, just wild to me. 
and here he is playing in Michigan or for Michigan, and you're just working him over. You know, it, it's just, uh, but it was kind of a whole full circle uh, uh, deal and all that. So anyway, it's just kind of wild, but uh, that's a good win. I mean, in, in your quad, your quad two record right now is one and one neutral court and Villanova down Michigan up. Right. So you, you, you're, you're one and one in those deals. And uh, you know, but that was, I thought it was a good, good weekend for you, man. Two and one. It's uh, that's pretty solid. Yeah. And I don't know what I anticipated after the loss to Villanova, but surprised me a little bit turned out a little bit better than I probably anticipated. And speaking of what you might've anticipated coming into the season, trend lines and, and maybe some reliable things emerging for Texas tech after a handful of games, and I'm sure we all had this pegged for a projection you could take to the bank. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And you can spice up the action and keep the sports flames stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up with a warm prop bet or player parlay. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And, of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right. That's $150 coming your way. If your team wins, you'd be a fool to not take a bite out of that. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Joe Toussaint as your leading scorer to this point in the season. And by the way, the dude with the handiest by far assist to turnover ratio on the team, 18 to 9. Last two games, as Chris mentioned, were the first time this year that Texas Tech has been in single digits from a turnover standpoint. But uh, I don't know what I expected out of Tucson, Chris, but I don't know that I anticipated him being a leading scorer. I don't know if it will last or, or if that's even the best thing for Texas Tech for him to have to do it. But, man, got to credit him so far for making it happen. And uh, I don't know where we would be without Joe Tucson to this point in the season. He's uh, he, he he's tough and he, you know, he's uh, he's very crafty uh, with his offense. Um I think he wanted a bigger role on offense in general, uh, which is why I think he he made the the jump and and came to uh, to Texas Tech. Um, he's been better than advertised, you know. I, I think you you thought you're getting a, a a point guard with some toughness and all these things, but I don't know if we ever, you know, the West Virginia people would tell you, man, if if you're going to need him to score consistently, you know, and but that's kind of what he's done here, you know. I just I, I can he keep this up. You know, when you when you start to play, you, you know, because uh, he's playing, I think if, if we look this up, I think he's playing about 32, 33 minutes a night. 32.7. I mean, it, it's uh, he's he's rarely coming off the court. Yeah. So that's uh, that that is going to be tricky. But he's shooting it in a high percentage. I tell you what I love is his assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, because I mean, he's got twice as many assists as he does turnovers. And so. Because I mean, think about what he's doing for you. Let's just let's just go down the list. He's your best on-ball defender. He doesn't take a possession off. He shoots it at a high percentage. He takes care of the ball on offense, um, and then he's kind of an Iron Man, you know. And he he's so I mean he he's checking uh, a lot of boxes. And boy, it's fun to have like a a senior leader, veteran type that can kind of carry. Because there's going to be some rough times that come up and sure. some adversity and. 
and all that. But he's the kind of guy that can keep it calm. He's been in the Big Ten. He's been in the Big 12. Knows what to expect. Uh, knows how to get you back on track. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's been he's been better than uh, than I ever would have thought. And I, I it's it, he is fun to watch compete, man. Yeah, he is. I, I think it's um... – you know, something that, that really the rest of the team can feed off of. It's palpable, his energy, and some of those Big 12 nights at United Supermarkets Arena. Uh, I think he's going to be a lightning rod for the fan base to uh, to gather around and, and get fired up about. But so far, some of these additions, uh, I mean, we've mentioned many of them, obviously talking about the guys that are rowing the boat. Pop Isaac's essentially the exclusion from that, the, the returner. But whether it's Toussaint, Darian Williams, Cambridge, Washington – even McMillan, who we're still wanting to see a little bit more consistently, but have seen some flashes of, been pretty happy with some of these guys so far, Chris. And, you know, like a guy like Darian Williams, um, and tell me if I'm getting confused again, but uh, former Mountain West Conference Freshman of the Year, this is the Nevada Cat. I, I don't know what I anticipated, but when you see an accolade like that in a lesser conference, you're kind of wondering, okay, how is this going to translate or, you know, how long is this going to take? Much less for a guy that's still uh, obviously young in, in his college basketball career but Williams is one of those guys that his um, I don't know if it's a total surprise but uh, he he's kind of wowed me in a way with what he's been able to do for the team so far averaging double digit scoring but also eight rebounds per game the the dude has been a little bit better I think or checked a few more boxes possibly than I anticipated coming into the season yeah you know I I think you you have it's funny because you have several double double guys you know like uh, because I think Warren Washington is that Darian Williams is that uh, I think Devin Cambridge is that from the standpoint of they can approach on on a lot of nights double digit points and rebounds and it's not gonna shock anybody um the, the, like you know thank Kasib Powell uh when, when I tell you some of these guys with the I'd way yeah when, when it's Kisipal. yeah he because he just kind of He's never going to go for 30, but he also is just like you look at the stat sheet and there's just the crooked numbers everywhere, you know, like <laughs> steals, assists. I mean, he's just kind of he, he's he's heavily involved in, in what they would term a floor game. Um, but but yeah, I think, I think Darian Williams is certainly he's just kind of an under the radar guy. You, you have a lot of uh, unselfish types that are going to at times on some nights they're going to have to be more more selfish, you know, and that's why I think Grant wants to run. Because I think, uh, and that's why it's okay at some points getting shots up early in possessions because you've got so many guys that can go get it and initiate offense that way with a putback and you know an offensive rebound and and things like that. But I think you you've got a lot of guys. That it's easy to see why they want to run because all these athletes. I mean, it's I, I I'll tell you the other thing that kind of maybe emerged here uh, in, in Atlanta, and so we were kind of wondering and it, it personnel related. It's very clear through the first uh, three games that you know before you made this trip, you, you were you were very comfortable with seven players in your rotation, and after that, it was just a question mark. You know how how much deeper can we go? Can we go any further? You know, and some so foul trouble and some nights and matchups are going to dictate you don't have any choice but to go further than that. But Kerwin Walton started to emerge a little bit in the Atlantis with yeah. uh, some, some more and more minutes. Um, I think he played 15 or 16 versus Michigan. I think he played some versus uh, Northern Iowa. Um, and and at times this was he was the only other player that played other than the, the seven that that we've uh, that we've talked a lot about, those starters and then Chance McMillan and Lamar Washington. But if Kerwin Walton can continue to kind of come along a little bit and just defend, that's that's really what I think Grant uh, you know, 
struggles with is that yes, we know he can shoot. He's a good athlete. He's got some experience and age on him, but he's got to be able to defend. If he'll continue to do that, he's going to earn more and more minutes, which it really eases the load on, on a variety of, uh, of people. So that hopefully that continues uh, and it could go away just as much as it kind of started. So, you know, just, just keep, keep an eye on that, but they're looking for that next you know, player to kind of step in and just and soak up some of these minutes, but you got to be able to to be a two way player if you come in. Because why does Chance can score um, and and he can defend Lamar? You know he can he's tough. He can defend and all that can score on occasion as well. But like that's the thing with Curran Walton, he's got to be able to provide you um, you know something on the defensive end. Come on with it, Kerwin. Kerwin Walton has been like an oven that's been preheating for a year at this point in time. We're ready to cook, dude. Let's go ahead and slide in the dish. We're ready to cook. All right, speaking of cooking, what you're getting next is a trip to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Got an interesting one coming up on Thursday night. We'll have plenty more on that matchup as we get closer to it. But it's the Butler Bulldogs, 5-2 and two to this point in the season. Had a close loss to Florida Atlantic, who's playing some good basketball. Lost by 20 to Michigan State. Uh, there's a lot of context to that program and to that location, Chris. As for the basketball, not quite sure of what to make of Butler just yet, but we'll talk a lot more about it as we roll through the week. But uh, man, this should be a fun trip for the Red Raiders. Yeah, and I'll save uh, I'll save my thoughts uh, about Butler um, and and the whole Hoosiers thing for <laughs> later on in the week because uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm genuinely excited about seeing that. I think yeah. uh, Hoosiers is the is one of, if not the best sports movie of all time. I'm a mark for it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just uh, I mean and. And David stuck a hand in the bag, pulled out a stone, and slung it. Uh, I mean, I just I can remember like how it was like, it's just yeah. So I, I'm uh, I'm excited about that one, and this will be a tough one, man. This will yeah, be a tough one. Butler's got uh, they've got some guys that can go, and anyway, but it's one of your other one of final two tests, I think, that are really kind of a a, a good RPI or net opportunity uh, with the Vanderbilt being the other one on a neutral court. But this is the one true. Uh, road game and this is part of that uh that big east uh big 12 challenge so you'll get uh, a big east team that comes your way next year got to take advantage of these man because otherwise it's omaha oral bob ut arlington sam houston and north alabama coming to the lbk before you get to big 12 play so definitely want to take advantage of an opportunity to uh, emphasize the resume and yeah i mean coach mccaslin if he's not taking a tape measure you're biffing it right uh, it may seem cornball, but you got to take the tape measure. I and and one that one that you wind up. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's got to be one from like, Can you even find one of those anymore? Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, in the bottom of my toolbox, Chris, as a matter of fact, because every time I pull it out and try to use it, and then it doesn't go back up automatically, I'm thinking, why the hell do I get this thing out? And I throw it right back in the bottom of the toolbox for another year. All right, we got a whole lot to get to this week. Plenty of bowl game considerations, getting ready for Texas Tech and Butler. And the coaching carousel that is spinning wildly here in the great state and beyond will get to some impact Texas Tech way and Big 12 way on some of those things left to be decided as well coming up this week. So I hope you will join us for that. And I'm talking specifically to you, Chris. Hope to see you uh, here once again tomorrow, man. Thanks for the time as always. Enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be uh, back. Yeah, crazy time. Keep your head on a swivel uh, yes. the, these uh, these days, this week, uh, with a variety of things. I'll just uh, 
I'll just uh, mention that to you. So keep your head on the old uh, proverbial swivel. Yeah, swivel. I left swivel. I left one thing off the list from yesterday, right? Uh, roster fluidity as we get into that, portal time oh, here locally. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of what I was talking Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be, be aware. Be very aware. Coming, going, all, all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, just a crazy time in the profession uh, yes. with, with coaches. And then it's domino effect. And, and there's – Obviously, a lot going on in the state that we'll get to uh, potentially uh, as the week goes along here. Yeah, and so it's not just related to a game, but even with the roster, you might tell us to keep ho, ho, keep definitely. What's the line? Hope. Keep yeah. hope alive. Keep brother. hope alive. Yes. That's why he's the best, folks. It rolls yes. off his tongue smooth as a whistle, just not <laughs> smooth off of mine. All right, for Chris, I'm Casey. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you back here for the next round. I'm locked on Texas Tech. <laughs>